0: You're officially a global podcast. Oh, yes.
1: Ah. I will will
2: take that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Powerful new technology.
0: Cloud migration. Fully integrated system. HCX. And today we're
2: delighted to announce... Welcome to the award winning HCX Majors Podcast, episode number 11. This one goes to 11. For what day is it today? Wednesday, March 30th, 2022. Live from Indiana, I'm Britton Johnson.
3: From Colorado, I'm Andy Belts.
1: From California, this is Francis Wong.
2: Welcome everybody, congratulations to all of us on the podcast, I, I wish Kofi was here to, sh- to share in our glee of the VExpert Awards that, I f- that finally showed up, they were late, but at least it's here, and it's sitting on my shelf over there, and I tweeted a picture out of it, so, you know, I'm mildly proud of the work we have done so far, and uh, I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's good, you know, to kind of get, get a little bit of recognition for stuff out of it. Thank you! <laughs> <gasps> you love me. You really love me. <laughs> and since it's Oscar season, it's really fitting, you know, because you know it just works. So, uh, thanks for uh, enlightening me with my my silliness today, Francis.
1: Mm, if I was Zoom slap you, perhaps I would follow the Oscars lead. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
3: so on your, I, I did see your um, tweet, uh, and that was really cool. Um, so, I think I can understand who behind the award, who Francis and who <laughs> Kofi would be. But I guess it comes down to, am I Iron Man or am I Vision, and or are you Iron Man or are you Vision? You know,
2: well, I I really don't know. <laughs> I tried okay. I did. I'm glad that you caught that. <laughs> Because there was of of the little McDonald's toy Avengers that I have on my on my shelf over there, you know, I tried to put the best ones that I could that fit for everybody behind us, and you know, yeah, I don't know, I feel like you know because you're 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 kind of part of the whole you know uh, VMware Cloud Foundation thing. There's that whole um, SDDC manager, I you know, uh, character out there. Yes, SDDC commander. Yes, that my my brother will no, no, neither confirm nor deny that he has created. Um, Uh and, uh, I feel like that guy is, has some likening to vision because he's this, you know, digitally created character. So, so maybe if you're okay with being the vision, Andy, we'll, we'll make you the vision. And because I have to manage, you know, six different streams in the podcast at the same time. Um, you know, that's all good. And
3: you're Iron Man. Yep, yeah, got it. I'll, no, I'll take, I'll take it's, it. It's good. I'd yeah. love to see your um you know your sports cars at some point, you know, like like the real Iron Man has. So
1: <laughs> I did not even catch the characters behind the award until you just mentioned I'm like, what is he talking about?
3: Well, this won't come up on the on the show, but um, <laughs> this, yes. so I think the, the the ones on the left here are obvious just from my perspective um you've got to, unless you want to be vision but um so yeah that's that's kind of what i was referring to so all i need now is yeah. to just glue uh, like a, a little rhinestone to my forehead for the little jewel that I, 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 I,
2: I recently <laughs> grab i recently grabbed a bunch of new sound clips so i even do have a tony stark clip not a great plan So, I'm trying to catch up. Handy. I'm trying to catch up to Pete Fletcher and the amazing virtually speaking podcast with my my sound clip, extraordinary, you know, and, and, and trying to get this all together, you know. I have people skills. This, this is the one good from stuff. Office Space that I think we need to use more.
1: Engineers often. are not good at dealing with customers.
2: Yeah, that's a good one. No. All right. <laughs> I, so, well, welcome to the podcast, everybody. We're having a little crazy time this morning, but I might edit half of this out. You never know. So, but we might just go with it. So, uh, Andy Francis, I'm glad you guys are doing well. Kofi's not here, so unfortunately couldn't make it today. We do have a very special guest today, um, and I'd like to get right to it because we have a bunch of stuff to to pound through here and a lot of, I think, good conversation to have. So, welcome to the podcast, best-selling author Martine
0: Smith i don't i don't know how to respond to that um.
2: <laughs> well, you did write a book on v r and i you literally wrote the book on v r and i. it's sitting on my shelf over here. you can't see it but you know so i so i you, you know since you have the the book on v r and i therefore you're a best selling author so congratulations
0: <laughs> thanks for that i um i honestly haven't missed my name in the new in new york Times bestsellers list honestly but uh i'll take it i'll take it.
2: <clears throat> well, thanks for joining us. And uh, you know, I, I've I've wanted to try and and branch out and talk is you know into other areas of things that interact with H C X as much as possible on the show and bring in you know all the people who are smarter than me on these things so I can learn about stuff. This is really half the reason I run podcasts is just so that I can get free advice from other people that are smarter than me. So, so thanks for that. Um, and we're I realize now that we are crossing. I don't know, like major like probably 20 time zones to do this show today because Martin you're over in the Netherlands, Francis is in California, I'm in Indiana and Andy's in California in Colorado, so we're we're, we're really spanning the globe with this episode.
0: <laughs> so, but you're oh. officially a global podcast. So oh, yes.
2: Sure. I ah. I, will, I will take that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's talk about Network Insight and HCX. So, it, when it comes to how, I guess first of all, let's 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 just kind of go. Well, actually, Martin, give us the sixty-second overview for anybody who out there who's been their head, head stuck in the sand and doesn't know what Virtualized Network Insight is. Give us kind of the quick introductory description of what VRNI is
0: and what it does. Sure, And uh, by the way, thanks for having me on. Um, so basically fear and i or or fear lies network inside or maybe even vernie if you're uh, of that uh, type of religion um <laughs> is basically the vmware holistic network monitoring and uh, troubleshooting tool as we like to call it um <clears throat> but now let me switch off my marketing um hat and just tell you what it does uh so basically it ingests information around from the network from tons of different devices those devices could be uh, could be uh, could be a vcenter nsx but also like your cisco switch or a juniper firewall or a palo alto firewall or a campus switch um <clears throat> like there th- th- there's a ton of data sources in there and things that we get are flow data so network traffic metadata basically so the destination source port number protocol etc we get inventory conversion so for vcenter and acx what types of uh, vms are there what types of data source uh, data centers all the resource pool folder structure tags all of that metadata that relates to a virtual infrastructure um, <clears throat> when you look at things like public clouds, we even also reach out to native AWS and Azure, and then collect like the VPCs, the direct connects, uh, the uh, the 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 VPN connections. So all centred around all of the networking data, conversion and metrics and flows from all of these different uh, sources. Uh so it 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 spans like the the, the multi-cloud vision that, that VMware has, right? So we, we want to be be ubiquitous, but you also have to be able to troubleshoot and monitor all of those different environments. And honestly, the best part is that it ties all the things together. Um <clears throat> so let's say um you have an on-prem environment and you have a VMware cloud and AWS environment and you're slowly migrating stuff. Let let's get to that part mm-hmm. with DSX integration already. Yep. Uh, yep. Veer and I will monitor both the on-prem environment, the the vCenter NSX, maybe, and like the physical networking um, uh, layer, but then also monitor ACX and also monitor the VMA Cloud and ADUS environments. So you have that full visibility and you can get the network topology for the hybrid path. So if you're halfway through the migration, you will be able to troubleshoot connectivity between on-prem and VMC. Uh, There's a very cool, uh, that's, yeah, that's the only word that I can think of, Uh, network topology. Like, you can just simply draw out, give me a network path between two VMs, and it just figures out where it it should go. And then if it's a hybrid topology, you see all different... um, uh, network devices in between so if it comes from the NSX virtual network to the physical network ties ties those two st- things together uh, if you're going over uh, a direct connect to your VMG and AWS environment it'll show you that direct connect in the uh, the topology um, so getting the the, the the total view of the entire networking landscape um, pretty much
2: so in, in terms of relating network insight to a marvel hero it really is a lot like vision where it can just control a little bit of everything
0: yeah and it also yeah. can see through walls and stuff <laughs> um, yeah
2: and, and you know break down those boundaries of various things so that's yeah yeah cool all right so let's talk about uh, the integration piece with hdx uh, and we'll I'll try to link this in the the description of the podcast episode. You do you do have a in depth um, VMworld talk where you went through kind of the whole nuts and bolts um, description of what this goes into. So we'll just kind of hit the highlights here, um, and then people who want more info can go look up the VMworld twenty twenty one talk on HDX uh, with VRNI. and I. But in in general, where where does the integration with Uh, vrni
0: Hcx begin right um i think like that talk really goes into detail so uh, definitely check that out um but like in um in high level view vrni because it has all of that data and it knows what type of traffic patterns there are uh, it also does a a few things that aren't application discovery so if you have an on-prem environment you can discover the applications that are running over there and then see how how much network usage is over there um, in those apps. So that's kind of where it starts because we can discover that uh, existing on-prem environments or whatever environment you've got. And you get, like, the um, real insights into what type of network performance does this application need. So um, from the amount of uh, network traffic that it handles, from the throughputs, like how many gigabytes, uh, gigabytes per second, or uh, gigabytes total? Is it uh, an internet-facing uh, application? And then where in the world are its end users located? So you can determine the difference between an, uh, an EMEA application the and a US and an APJ application, for example. So all of that information is currently used a lot by our customers to plan out the migration itself. So... Basically forming migration waves, as we like to call them, where you have a bunch of these applications uh, that are dependent on each other as well, because you can also see the application dependencies within VR9. Um, you group the, those applications together and then you hand that over to ACX, where it can then start the migration. <clears throat> so that's just planning and discovery, not even touching on the um the ACX integration yet. But where you go from being done with the planning phase and then going towards the migration phase, that's where uh, one of our integrations are sort of open source integrations um, that uh, that I made a fling out of. Um, is where the there's a PowerShell script out there um, for the VRNI and ACX integration, but there are also, also a UI version of it. So depending on what kind of flavor you have, Uh, And you want, um, but that basically just takes the application groups that you have grouped within VRNI, along with the uh, the VPNs, the VMs that are uh, attached to those groups, uh, and then transfers them to ACX as mobility groups. And you all know that mobility groups, you can pretty easily just treat that as a single migration wave. So, you, you just start sending that to your destination and ACX uh, will take care of that actual migration itself. Um, but, like, without that script, without that integration, you don't have like that automatic, automatic seamless step. You would need to look at V and I, look at the definitions, look at the, the migration ways, but then manually copy over all of those VMs into ACX, which is one tedious and can also lead to mistakes, as we've uh, seen in the past, unfortunately, <laughs> with some customers. So that's one um, right. where we have that integration. Andy Francis, anything?
3: Yeah, just let's let's maybe just take a step back, real quick. I think everything you said makes sense, but just to kind of level set how you get to that point. Um, <clears throat> just just confirming a couple of things, right? So deploying both HCX and uh, VRNI those are just default implementations of both things you don't have to do something special for either product to get it to integrate together is that correct statement
0: it's uh, it's uh that's an out of the box integration um, and the only sort of hard part is to get all access to all of the data sources on prem sure um, because we want to monitor everything uh, and get information from everything you would need multiple disciplines in order to get access to your vCenter, NSAX, nsx Understood, physical yeah. devices
3: so we yep. we deploy hcx on top of the infrastructure you know default and same with vrni then then to integrate the two together does that maybe i just didn't catch it is that done from the hcx side or is that done more from the vrni side to integrate in the hcx components for vcenter and, and everything else in SX manager etc
0: right so the the integration that i mentioned uh, th- there's two of them by the way so we'll, we'll get to the uh, the second one in a bit but the first integration that i talked about uh, with transferring the applications from vrni to hcx uh, that's basically a middleman So there's this fling, this PowerShell script out there um, that can connect to VRNI, give it a username credentials, uh, also connects to ACX, also just via uh, username and credentials, um, and then does the heavy lifting of getting those apps into ACX from VRNI. Got it.
3: So if you need to say, manage it just, or troubleshoot that um, in the future, then are you, where would you go to, manage that integration is that, um, you mentioned PowerShell script, is that done just on the command line from both applications or where, where would you go to actually, um, troubleshoot it?
0: That's basically just, uh, any PowerShell host that you want to okay. run that on. So, uh, typically that's, that's like a one-time action that you're taking because you're migrating things from one location to another. Sure. Um, and you're purposefully, migrating your migration wave one or two or whatever and then selecting that application using that integration and then that integration will copy it over. So it's a one time thing because you're just migrating it once, right? Um if you're in need to migrate it another time later on, then you just run the script again. Um and that yep. honestly that, that script has a ton of error logging. So if you're looking for troubleshooting um it'll tell you exactly what's going on um under the hood. Yeah.
3: No, that, that makes sense. I guess I was just trying try to think, like, if, if I were to, say, log into the HCX manager console from, and you didn't know anything else about the environment, would you know that uh, VRNI was integrated with it? Or is that not necessarily obvious to the end user stance from that stance? If you deployed it all like that, then you would know, but that's what I was trying to get at is, is it, is it obvious that this has VRNI integrated? And, and if not, that's okay, just trying to understand
0: yeah, unfortunately not. That's something that we're um, eager to work with the HX team on uh, to get that um, um, that visibility in there. Um, basically, we're we're kind of now expecting that the same person who is planning out the migrations within Virena is also the one that's running the migration in HX. So they would have that visibility on both products and uh, and the integration there.
2: I think in a lot of cases okay. from the customers that I've seen, that statement is true. That the VR and I admin is the HCX person because it's it's kind of like the guy who manages it or the person who manages NSX. Quite often, has their feet and hands in all of those things, and you know it just makes it you know another another tool in the tool belt for the vSphere slash NSX admin to make life a little bit easier for some of that stuff.
3: Yep, I agree with that.
1: So walk me through how someone would actually do this. So say they have both products installed. And one of the things that I know that when, when I ran data centers was, i didn't know, I did not know where these apps were, which ones they were, who they were talking to. I would ask the app owner and the app owner would be like, well, I only configured them to talk to these two other devices. So we start with that as a scenario, and you know, my old me would be like, "All right, well, I want to point it at this one virtual server. Can you tell me everything that this virtual server talks to, so that if I create an application group, I I know I will have captured everything."
0: Yep, <clears throat> that's one of the primary features of uh, of and i so you could do that either based on the virtual server level so you could just go to the uh, the vm dashboard within vrni and then show or look at all of the flows that are going in and out of this uh this vm you can do that like very granularly as in you will actually see the source and the destination vm on both of those transactions or you could just look at the um, the service port overview, as we call that, which is basically just a, a list of uh, network ports that the um, the VM is actually servicing. So y- you would see, like, oh, there's a database running on this or a web server running on this or maybe both. Um, those type of things are, are are by default available within VNI. And the only thing that you have to do for that is to integrate it into a vCenter, and then it'll get all all of that information from the vCenter itself.
1: That's perfect. So let me just double click on this for a second. By default, how long does VRNI retain data for?
0: oh wow that's uh <clears throat> that's a um i want to say it's thirty complicated days. question because there's more there's there's multiple levels of conversion data <laughs> um which kind of makes it hard but that thirty days that uh, that indicates the uh, the flows so the um the actual network traffic uh, that it logs which is the majority of the data that VRNI has so if you're looking at flow storage it it's it's in the 30, 30 days. Uh, but you, but if you're looking at uh, conversation data like the the VM network boards, and it it's been doing vMotions and like the virtual hardware inventory type thing, that's 13 months uh, currently. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm always thinking whether I could say that or not. But we're looking to uh, to extend all of those uh, those lease times, basically.
1: That's fantastic, and the reason why is yeah in an environment when you you don't want just a snapshot because a workload might have been talking sporadically uh to other servers based on jobs with business logic and so do you find that customers only need about a 30 day look back for traffic flow data or do they need more
0: it's Typically enough, there are certain of these exceptions where there are quarterly or um, half or bi- yearly, you know, uh, every six months, <laughs> uh, that there's a job running, and then the system does nothing else in the meantime. That's very rare, but there's typically always like either a, a heartbeat going or uh, some of some of there's a health check going, see if that server is still uh, functioning correctly when it has to actually function. Uh, so typically a week is already enough data to um, to get the complete picture of it. But then of course, we always wait uh, like 30 days at least before you start planning anything. Um, so I've been talking about migration planning, but you can also do security planning where you can implement security policies based on the network traffic that we're seeing. Um, we always recommend just give it a 30 days and make sure that you capture all of the things and then, then start your planning because then you have the most visibility out there.
2: And let me dive in on that for a second Martine. the, the security piece of it. Is there any ingestion by CX on security things that are discovered by VR and I, or is not, is that not a thing yet
0: or not yet? Unfortunately, okay. <laughs> There's some cool things that we can do over there, right? I mean, ACX can migrate security tags and things. Um, VRNI has the visibility into security groups existing or the ones that we should recommend based on the network traffic that uh, that goes through the apps or VMs. Uh, so ideally, if I'm putting on my network or security admin hat, I would want to see that 9 and, and ACX go together and then uh, one of them suggests the security groups and the firewall rules and et cetera, gives them to the destination, have them implemented and then use ACX either to implement that or use the security tags that then activate those security policies, right? Yeah. Uh, but that that's just me wanting it to be true.
3: <laughs> so we have one other question from my side. Um, unrelated to what we were just talking about, but back to kind of the the first piece. Um, I think HCX and VR and I both have an advanced and an enterprise license. You need one, obviously, the other one, I think for both products, but I know for HCX is an upgrade for the enterprise. I guess the question would be, do you need enterprise or can you do this integration with advanced
0: licensing? I am not, 100% 100% able to answer that for ACX uh, because I thought at some point that mobility groups in ACX was an enterprise feature. I'm not entirely sure about that. But on the I side, you do not need enterprise. Uh, you can do it with advanced, like the, the entire planning phase, uh, the, the application discovery part of it. Um, honestly, there are certain parts in the application discovery capabilities that are enterprise, like flow-based application discovery. And that's a whole different podcast probably because that, that goes into machine learning and look, looking at the traffic that goes through a, ne- a network and then suggesting application boundaries instead of uh, you knowing what type of applications are out there or using tags or a naming convention or something like that in order sure. to import those apps. Uh, so flow-based application discovery is typically for the most unknown environments out there because it just looks at the at the, the single source of truth, which is the network in that case. Sure. Uh, so that does require uh, enterprise. But if you like, just look at the applications and the integration, the advanced uh, will do.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the, our HTX current pricing and packaging. And... Mobility groups, like you mentioned, is is in the enterprise licensing. Yeah, so, I thought it was um, it probably would make sense to have the enterprise license. I think is kind of what we're getting at. What what, what
2: what about with uh, I Cloud, Martine? Is it is there i I'm assuming this is this is working for I on Prem, and the, but we're increasingly moving more customers to I Cloud as a service, just because, especially for big customers who have that constant overhead of maintaining that another tool it just gets tools sprawl is a real thing with, with enterprise customers. So, yeah. uh, Vera, so Vera and I cloud and HTX, I'm assuming that works too.
0: Yep. No difference. So okay. we are honestly pretty lucky that Vera and I on-prem and Vera and I cloud are the exact same product. Uh, Vera and I cloud can only run a little bit Faster sometimes because it's easier for us to push updates to it. So it's sometimes new features get released in Veeam cloud first, and then uh, like a couple months after it goes to on-prem. But that's the only thing. Um, the only thing technically is that there's a difference in authentication uh, for the integration, right? Because you're looking at the cloud services portal API tokens for authentication against Veeam cloud. Um, and you're just looking for a credential at fear and I on-prem. So that's the, basically the only difference. Interesting. All right. Um, let's talk more about the
2: fling support. So uh, flings in general are kind of either community created or specific person created things that enable stuff in VMware offerings that didn't exist prior Um, I think that's a fair summation of what a fling is um they are generally not supported by support is my understanding and so it's kind of a use you know at your own peril i guess but it, you know like most things i think they tend to work pretty well because they're basically pretty simple because they're just there to kind of f- facilitate and do one specific thing typically so what, what are the, is there just one fling that we're talking
0: about here, or is there multiple flings
2: that 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 you have out there? You
0: know, the funny thing is that it's two flings, but they both do the same thing. Um, so one of them is a is a PowerShell script, uh, which is just CLI only, and if you're a CLI person, then you can run that and run it pretty pretty uh, pretty easily. But then there's also this uh, this fling called the uh, Veeam Toolkit. Uh, which is an appliance uh, which you can import into a vCenter or, well, wherever you you, you have vSphere running. Uh, and that has a UI version of the same thing. The reason why I've got those two is pretty straightforward. Um, some people really like automating things. Uh, So there's a couple of customers out there that are actually automating that entire process. So when they are doing the planning and then saying, yes, I want to migrate this this migration wave, so these set of VMs, they've got pipelines running that then calls that script um uh, copies over the application and the VMs to mobility groups in ACX but then also starts and configure ACX for the actual migration so they they have just one button saying like migrate this and then that uh, automation does the, does the rest so that's that's one version of that um the UI version is uh, for somebody that just wants to keep total control basically uh you go into that UI it's a web UI. Um, you log into VRNI. You get a list of all the applications that VNI has in uh, in itself, and then you can just select the 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 applications that you want to sync towards ACX. Does the sync, and then you can go go forward to ACX itself, and then configure the final things like the the data store where you want to migrate to, and the resource pool, and and the, those type of things, and then start the migration from there.
1: So I have a question about that. Can the two flings be used together?
0: Uh, y- sure, but it, it's not necessary because they do the same thing. Um, so you could have a version out there in your same environment um, that will run with the script, but then also a version in the same environment with um, with the UI. The, um, <clears throat> they use the same APIs uh, against VNI and hx. Um, so yeah it's it's definitely possible um, typically it's just the same person running the the thing so it's it's typically either or
1: <laughs> yeah, what I'm envisioning is again because I used to work in these big data centers uh, I might have had a another staff member work with the application owner to build using the UI identify the groups of servers that would need to be migrated but Perhaps it would be myself or someone else who has the maintenance window doing the networking work that might actually perform the migration itself. They would not be doing the application hygiene, if you will. So the folks that would be collaborating to make sure they have the right workloads would likely be using the UI. The guy guy who's, or the girl who's moving the stuff doesn't care what it is, well, they're just going to be slinging bits across the wire. Um, and that's their job to make sure the bits get to the other side. So that's that's why I asked that. So yeah, that's the two personalities. It's a
0: valid, thing. definitely ver- valid scenario. And uh, and th- that can work um, mostly because you just authenticate each time that you're using it. So each and every single different person can just use their own credentials to log into both V 9 HDX and then do their thing, either via the CLI or, or the UI. Yeah.
2: I'd, I'd like to somebody put, I want somebody to put that in a job description and be labeled the chief bit slinger. <laughs> Cause that would be, that'd, that'd be really cool if you could walk around a data center and be like, who are Who are you? And what do you do here? Like, oh, I'm the chief bit slinger.
0: Well, you know, Brid, you can design your own uh, business cards here, right? You oh, know yeah, that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
1: uh, Andy, you're getting cards that say vision.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah and that uh, honestly could apply to many jobs just oh vision oh he must have you know a vision for you know whatever and s- same with bitslinger i mean hey people probably wouldn't call you they just go oh that guy's really cool or that guy's really weird yeah so yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> <just> <laughs> you know so that's yeah really I, I like it it's just really out there yeah make up your own job title day all
2: right uh let's kind of start wrapping things up here a bit um martine in in terms of the integration between uh, Network Insight and HDX, you know, what, what what are the some of the things that you kind of feel like you'd like to see in it if they're not already there?
0: Native integration for sure. Um, I I mean I can I can say that there's a lot of uh, work going into that, defining that. Uh, we know how we want to do it. We just know don't know when we want to do it yet, um, and in what type of Package, we're doing it. Um, <clears throat> so I, I, yeah, this has been on VMWorld, so we can we can talk about it. Um, if you ever heard of Project Ensemble, uh, that is a uh, cloud management BU project that's like taking over the entire CMBU in the last uh, six months or so. Uh, at VMWorld, we had a session about it. There's slowly blog posts coming about Ensemble uh, of defining what it is, showing a little bit. Of how it'll look like, etc. Um, it, to be clear, it's not launched yet. It's not a product yet. It, it's something in uh, in in development. Uh, but that's basically our kind of our spider in the web when it comes to all of these different products. I mean, we we, we have VNI, I we have Realize Operations, we have uh, Cloud Health, we have Wavefront. Like a lot of these different tools kind of uh, have similar data and but they're all linked to the same infrastructure right so why wouldn't we able to be able to show that in one single ui that that's basically the the premise of 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 ensemble that's to do that and one of the things is um how do we can take data from all of our products and then push that into other other products um so to me either like just have a button within VR and I saying, hey, I'm done with my planning phase. Please push these over to ACX. That'd be one thing, um, <clears throat> or have Ensemble do that. That's the um, um, the main thing, because like, yeah. The flings are great, but yeah, like you mentioned, there's no official support on it. Um, it works pretty great. I mean, I've been supporting a lot of customers with it, but still you you would rather have just either a button or something just just works out of the box instead of having to spin up like PowerShell or something, you know? Right. That's the main thing, I think.
3: No, I think this has been good. It makes me want to kind of spin up some of the stuff to kind of play around with it because cause, uh, Martin, I didn't mention, but, you know, migrating, I'm in the VCF world, migrating customers from three to four, VCF three to four um, is going to happen a lot over the next couple of years and, or or 12 months at least. And and I think that this could really help accommodate the ones that choose to use HCX for that um, use case to just understand and troubleshoot and know where things are going and all the different details behind it. So I appreciate you coming on and talking about it because it's kind of sparked my interest to go and Check it out really um, a lot more yeah. is, we, we
0: can definitely talk um, we, we have some customers that are using that for the ex- exact same uh, use case so there's there's some cool inspiration out there. Uh, it doesn't have to be migrating towards a cloud just between two different environments, even if they're like right. in the next rack or something yep. it'll um have the same effect yep. yeah they're I'd good. love
1: to see VR and I over over say or watching the traffic between the HCX network extenders, right? I think clients are interested in seeing something like
0: that. Uh, We didn't have really much time to go into that, but Fear and I also does that. Um, So we, we can monitor the throughput. We can show which flows go over all of those extensions. And then we can also set thresholds based off of the ma- the conversion maximums, for example. So before you hit the maximum level of network traffic, you get an alert. That's, that's basically our second step of the integration.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'll have to look that one up.
2: All right. Um, well, thanks more time for coming on. I appreciate the give you giving us the time at the end of your day over there across the pond and, uh, uh, hopefully you uh, have, a, have a good rest of your week. And uh, thanks, Francis and Andy, for, for coming on. And uh, we will get this out and uh, look for more wonderful content from this uh, award-winning HDX Majors podcast <laughs> in the future. Love it. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, Britain. Yep.
1: Thanks.
2: Thanks, guys. for listening to the hcx majors podcast my thanks to martine smith for joining us today thanks to francis and andy as well if you like the show please rate us on your podcast app of choice and please be sure be sure to share it so others can find us thanks for listening we'll be back again soon
3: I regret nothing. The end.